guys, welcome to WDWNT Nerd Alert. I'm your host, Joe Hogarty. Joining me tonight is Fedra Ekris. Hello, everybody. And Jack McCarthy is not here tonight. You guys just don't like each other, I have a feeling. Yeah, we're flip-flopping or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm getting used to just doing this with one person. Oh, well, what are you going to do? So tonight what we're going to do is we're going to go over some news. We're also going to do something that we were going to do uh, last week. Uh, James Gunn came out with his five favorite comic book movies. And I thought they were kind of interesting picks. And most of them weren't really Marvel or DC. So uh, I think that should be interesting. Actually, I don't know. I know. Well, yeah. All right. They... There were two that weren't Marvel or DC, but they were not really MCU ones at all. So I asked Jack and Fedra to pick out their favorite comic book movies that were not Marvel or DC. And uh, I come up, I came up with a lot of them just in case you don't have that many. And uh, I'll mention some honorable mentions, but there are a lot of good movies out there. All right, so let's get into the news. So, uh, Indiana Jones is getting bad reviews. Uh, when I, Jack and I did the podcast last, it just premiered at Cannes, and uh, there was no real feedback, but we got feedback the next day. And right now, it's sitting at 49% on Rotten Tomatoes and 53 on Metacritic, and uh, it's not going to do well over wow. here. Wow, yeah. So... What are your thoughts on that? You think that's... I mean, I was skeptical. I mean, from the beginning, I've been that way. I I mean, I'm not really aimed at seeing it in the theaters. I can I can most certainly wait. But I'm not I'm not happy to hear that. I'm a big Harrison Ford fan. I love a lot of his films. So, you know, obviously this is his legacy being this character. And I wouldn't want it to, you know, suck. I would want it to be you know, great. So, uh, but I don't know. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe it, it actually is, is pretty like to the point and not over exaggerating in any of these themes or agendas, hopefully. And maybe that's why they're saying that it's negative because it's not fulfilling that part in the film. I mean, who knows? Well, I feel bad for Harrison Ford too, because he came back which I heard, I'm not 100% sure if this is accurate, but I think it is. He was never a fan of Han Solo, but they want to do The Force Awakens. And I think they kind of gave him a deal that if you come back, we'll do one more Indiana Jones movie to kind of end it on a good note after The Crystal Skull. And he loves Indiana Jones, so he jumped at the chance. But if you recall, too, they kept delaying it, delaying it, then COVID struck. Mm-hmm. Um I'd say it's about five years, uh, you know, that it should have been released five years earlier and it, and it wasn't. Um, and you would think with all those five years that they would have time to perfect the script. I, you, It's like, did you ever hear like an infinite number of monkeys with uh, typewriters can eventually they'll, they'll write the complete works of Shakespeare? No, I didn't. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. But that's what it is. I mean, if you have all these writers in Hollywood, you can't come up with a good script. 
it, I mean, and, and I wouldn't even say it was five years. It was probably even longer than five years because they, they knew it was in development prior to that. Even after the Crystal Skull, they had some ideas floating around. There had to be somebody out there with a good script. And mm-hmm. from I did read the spoilers, so I'm going to correct myself. The ending that I had heard of doesn't occur. It's, it's similar, but it's, it's different. And the ending that I had heard of was better. And the ending that they have here, like I said, is similar, but it, it would have been nicer. Um, I would, I'll just mention the ending that I heard of took place. Do you remember um, Indiana Jones and the uh, Last Crusade when they had the the opening with, uh, what's his name, uh, River Phoenix was young Indiana Jones? been a long time (laughs) i don't know it every every inch of it yeah he he grabs something yeah i do know he says it belongs in a museum yes that quote yeah um yeah it was the cross of coronado and he ends up going into his house um in indiana and you don't see sean connery but he's he's there you hear his voice that's where the original ending well, not the original, the one that I had heard was supposed to end. And that would have been a nice ending, you know, for it to occur where his original home place was. But it's not the case anymore. And it kind of ruins it from what I heard. Like more spoilers came out and these seems to be confirmed. And yeah, the, the girl, uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, they make her, they, they make her to... Ah, what's the word I'm looking for? Trying to be nice. She's a Mary Sue, basically. Um, and Andy doesn't need that crap. It's like even when you look at Raiders of the Lost Ark and he had Mary in there, and she was a strong female, you know, she could hold her own in a lot of things. Like she can out drink a guy, you know, in her bar. But when a bunch of thugs came in and threatened her, because they wanted the um, the amulet. Yeah, the amulet for the for the ark. They over they overran her. You know, they overpowered her, and you wouldn't see that now because they're like, well, we can't show something like that. But I mean, that's why Marion is a good character in the first one because she is tough, but she also fails. She also gets captured. Indy has to rescue her, and it's. It's good. And in the second one, you had uh, Willie Scott, which was Kate Capshaw. And she just basically was your typical dumb blonde that Indy was there just to rescue every now and then. Third one, you had the the German double agent. And uh, she was a little smarter. Um, but I think Indy saved her, you know, maybe once or twice. This one, it's like, oh, no. We are equals. We are equals. You know, the Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Harrison Ford, they have to be equals. You know, um, you can never make it look like, you know, a woman is dumber uh, than a man or a woman needs help from a man. It's and, and that's just sad because, again, when you look at the times and I think we discussed this before, they're trying to apply modern show social values to 
decades that didn't it didn't really exist back then. You know, it's not like she could walk into a bar and start punching guys around and they wouldn't beat the crap out of her, you know, back in the late 60s. Um, it, it's and, and that's what we liked about Indiana Jones is that is the authenticity with the setting being in World War Two and the Nazis trying to get the grail and all that. And they just kind of lose that because they want to push virtue signaling, you know, with this character. Because originally, from what I heard, and I do believe, is that Indiana Jones was supposed to die and that she was going to take over the role of Indiana Jones because they were going to, she was, he was going to meet his de-aged version of Indiana Jones in the past. And the de-aged version of Indiana Jones was either going to save her or Indy. And by doing that, he kills, he dies. And so does old Indy. He dies too. That's that back to the future type of (laughs) timeline sort of thing. So now there's no Indiana Jones to go forward and have all of those adventures. So she takes his hat. She takes his whip. She takes his leather jacket. And now she's the new Indiana Jones where you see her in the, uh, you know, the, the cave in the beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark and also other scenes in, of Raiders of the Lost Ark, the Temple of Doom, the Last Crusade. It's all hard now. And she's referred to as Indiana Jones. So that leaked out and apparently Disney panicked and they said, nope, you know, uh, people started to hate it. I'm sorry. People started to hate it. Disney started to panic. And Bob Iger came back on board and said, you got to change that ending. You can't end it like that, where she's the new Indiana Jones and Harrison Ford's Indiana Jones never existed. And uh, so they did do refilming. And, you know, it's all rumored, but I believe it. I definitely believe that they probably did something like that, especially with Kathleen Kennedy, because she's so female focused with everything that she does with the star Wars franchise and the Willow franchise. Um, I could see her doing something like that. So that stuff, that crap doesn't exist anymore in the movie. So from what I read, it's not horrible. I mean, it still has Harrison Ford as in Indiana Jones. I think the problem is it's overly long and there's too many MacGuffins like where it's like, well, they need to find the dial of destiny. And in order for them to find a dial of destiny, they have to find this person. And once they find this person, this person might give them something. And then they have to find someone to decipher what this thing is. So it's like going to point A to point B to point C to point D. After a while, people get tired of that, you know, unless it's an interesting movie. And um, I'll just leave it at that. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, I'm still going to see it, but my expectations are very low after reading the critics reviews and also hearing the spoilers, they messed it up. You know, it's like they could have had him end on a good note. um, But they basically, I think her goal was to replace Harrison Ford because they did say that there was, there was a rumor going around that there was going to be a new Indiana Jones series on Disney plus, but they didn't say who was going to be Indiana Jones. So it sounded like it was going to be Phoebe Waller-Bridge was going to be the new Indiana Jones. Anyway, it's coming out in about a month. I'll go see it. 
I'll best basically rant once I see it. Uh, hopefully there'll be some good stuff in there, but I don't know. doesn't sound good. I think that's the end of Indiana Jones for now. Womp womp. So, Pedro Pascal revealed that he does not embody the suit of armor in the Mandalorian. Someone else does. All he does is provide the voice. What do you think about that one, Fedra? Yeah, I think that was messed up. I, I wasn't aware of that. I was under the assumption that he was actually doing the whole personification of the character. So now I, I kind of want to know who's actually doing the physical. Me too. And, you know, I feel bad for the person that's not being truly, you know, recognized for really being that warrior. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Pedro Pascal's voice in it. I think he did a phenomenal job for voice acting because that's not easy, you know, portraying a character and then you're not even doing like the physical embodiment of it. Um, but also that's like, why? Like, why are they not, you know, we've talked about this several times on the show of like finding the right person to clearly depict that character. There's plenty of people in the world that could, you know, really embody this character. So why do this whole half, half bit? Well, it's like Darth Vader because David Prowse was the actual actor in the suit and James Earl Jones was the voice actor. Well, that's a long time ago. And yeah, I know that. It's the same thing. You know, I mean, it's, I still think that this guy, whoever he is, he needs to get paid because he still walks around, you know, he still acts, he still motions, he's holding that stupid baby Yoda, you know, for a big chunk of his screen time. And uh, I don't know. I really don't know what the story is. Is it that Pedro Pascal is lazy that he doesn't want to put on the suit and go out in the hot sun I don't know. Or maybe they decided it for him. I remember he had said that in the first season, in order for him to get paid as an actor, he had to take off the helmet, you know? So they had to shoot a scene where they took off the helmet. Otherwise he would have been paid as a voice actor. So in the second season, he took off his helmet again. In the third season, I don't think he ever took off his helmet. No, I don't think he did. But I think that they're paying him whatever he wants because he's so popular now. You know, he's in the the Last of Us series and I don't know what else, but I, I'm sure he, he negotiated mega bucks. He does have a good voice for the character. You know, it's yes. not like they hired Pee Wee Herman to do his voice, you know. <laughs> uh, so I do like his voice, but I still think it's wrong. Like, they... If they're conducting interviews, they should have that guy sitting next to him so that we could see who's embodying the Mandalorian. Yeah. 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 So Ray Stevenson passed away at 58. Did you know Ray Stevenson? I didn't. I was meaning to look it up. Uh, Who is he? So Ray Stevenson, he was in Thor. He was one of the Warriors Three. I think he was. Uh, I see if Jack was here, he'd be able to help me a lot. Uh, was it Volstaff? 
Um, I should have done my homework a little more. I'll look but, it up now. I'm sorry, I didn't. Um, uh, no, no, it was me. No, but he was 58. Let me see. What is he known for? So he was in Thor. Oh, yeah, I see him. Punisher War Zone. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to talk about. But he was in Rome, which I never saw before. Um, he was in another series, too, that a lot of people seem to like him. I forget what it was, but I, I never had seen the series. But uh, he he was a very beloved actor. And he, I think he was a voice actor for an upcoming series. Again, bad boy for not doing my homework as well as I should have. I read it, but I forgot it, too. Oh, he was uh, in Vikings. I could totally see him being in a Viking film. Oh, yeah. He's going to... He was going to be in the upcoming Star Wars uh, series, I think. Oh, wow. He was um, in the Book Ahsoka. of Eli. I've been meaning to watch that, the Book of Eli. That's very good. I, I saw that uh, a couple of years ago at uh, Denzel Washington. Very good. Um, oh, he well, was in Divergent. That I like that movie in 2014. You say I. You, I know you've mentioned that a couple of times. I've never seen Divergent. That seems like a female Hunger Games to me. It is. It's just to me. I find it interesting because it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's again a very interesting narrative to what's going on in the world, uh, where they have a, a system that scans their youth, and during that scanning they place the youth in certain quadrants of skills and then that's what they're supposed to become and this unique woman is kind of in the gray so she doesn't really fit anywhere so they put her in a certain quadrant and then she kind of helps with assisting to end that process I'm sure it's a, it's okay, but I just never wanted to invest any time in it. I, I didn't, I mean, acting and everything, you know, I didn't think it was a great film, but because it's based on the book, it was interesting to see at least the author's perspective on, on film, you know, just like, you know, Harry Potter, I've never read the books, but the films are, are amazing. So you can see, you know, the writing and the, the character development behind, you know, Harry Potter. So in this realm and also in Hunger Games, you see this kind of female heroine and the supporting characters in a sci-fi slash action apocalyptic kind of future. Oh, okay. Well, I know him mostly for... Punisher War Zone, and I thought he was excellent. For me, he was my favorite Punisher of all time. There have been about four of them, I think. Yeah. And he stood out to me. He had the look, he had the voice, he had the style, he had the outfit, he had the guns. That movie is so underrated. I, I suggest if people haven't have not seen that movie, they should check it out because that is what the Punisher really is. The Punisher would kick John Wick's ass in that movie. It, it's basically, the, you know, John Wick. You know, it's like one guy going out after. <laughs> at one point, he's held off in this uh, apartment complex, and there's four different gangs going after them, and each gang has got to have 100 to 200 people in it. And it's like got 
you know, a Puerto Rican gang, a black gang, an Irish gang, a Russian gang. There might have been even more than that. And he kills them all. <laughs> you know, it's just nice. <laughs> he is just so great in that movie. And it, and it's the violence in that movie is just so over the top. I can't believe it didn't do as well as did the box office. Because I know when I saw it, people were just loving it. They were applauding. They were laughing because the violence was just so perfect. <laughs> There's like this uh, scene where he comes in, you know, he kind of befriends this cop, almost like how Batman has Jim Gordon. There's a cop there and uh, he saves this woman and this little girl. And the girl I think is like probably about like five years old. So he's holding the girl, you know, comforting her. Um, cause, and she feels safe cause she rescued him. And the cop is interrogating the guy that was trying to kill this woman and her, her daughter. And, uh, <laughs> and he's sitting on the chair and he's like, well, tell me, who do you work for? Who do you work for? And he, the Punisher goes up while he's holding the little girl. He's like, he's not going to talk. And he blows his head off <laughs> with a shotgun, blood all over the place splattered all over the wall his head is completely gone it it is such a great scene because that is such the punisher that's what he would have done they just got the punisher so right anyway i am gonna miss that guy we would never see another punisher movie again but i thank you ray stevenson for doing such an excellent job as the punisher and uh, i hope one day people look back on that movie and say damn it deserved more love because it does I need to see it, I guess. I've not I seen guess it. So I guess yeah. you do. I need to watch it again. Uh so Spider-Man 2 trailer for a PlayStation 5. And I sent that to you and Jack. I don't know if you had a chance to watch. It was pretty long. I did. I saw some of it and honestly I feel old. You feel old? Why do you feel old? Yeah. Because I'm watching this and I'm just like in awe of like how far we've come with games. <laughs> it looks like so real and like all the like movements and the explosions and even the music. I mean, it was cinematic. It was just like, oh my God. Like, I mean, now I understand why people really like these games. It's very addictive. Um, and it's also really realistic. So I couldn't watch all of it. I'm just not into games, but yeah, it, it, it really it, it really blew me away. Like I was like, "Oh my god, like we've come a long way in gaming." Like seriously. <laughs> no, it, it looked pretty cool. Um I did play the first Spider-Man game on the PlayStation 5. Uh and then I also played the Miles Morales Spider-Man game on the PlayStation 5, and they both were really good games. I like mm. the villains more in the and and the Peter Parker one, but I I love the look of the one in the uh, Miles Morales one. It just looked incredible. That was made for a next generation console. the The other one was made for previous generation consoles, but was ported over to next generation consoles. But uh, it, they're both really good games. And also the Miles Morales game was also very tight. It wasn't as long as the other one and forgive me if i'm mis saying this i think the first one was 30 to 40 hours long and the miles morales one was like maybe 15 to 20 so i prefer 
shorter games. I don't need to, you know, devour or get bloated over so much material. So I, I, I liked it. Um, my problem with this game is that it's got Peter and Miles in it. Because if this is a sequel to the first Spider-Man game, it shouldn't have Miles in it. It should be Peter's story. And I don't like, and I've been saying this for a long time, I don't like that they call Miles Spider-Man 2. You know, like, it's kind of like if there were two Batman, would you be calling him, you know, one Batman on the left Batman and the second Batman on the right Batman? He's got to come up with his own name. I always said he should probably refer to himself as the Spider. You know, I think that that would be nice. And I thought about maybe even Peter could go as the spider, but nah, he's Spider-Man. He shouldn't give up his name. Miles needs to give up his name and he should be the spider or something like that. Cause it just annoys the hell out of me. It's a little nitpicky, but kind of annoys me. Um, you also in this game, it looks like you can change on the fly who you want to be. So if you're playing oh. Peter and then all of a sudden something's going on and, over in Harlem, you know, you can play as Miles. You know, you just hit the square button, which I think is kind of cool. It would have been nice if there was some co-op. Um, and then Craven the Hunter is in this. He's the one that was in the beginning. He's the guy with the beard and the mustache and, you know, the lion mane uh, as part of his costume. And he is a great villain. I don't know how it's going to be in this game and they're also going to introduce venom and the lizard is in this. So it's, uh, it's going to be pretty packed. I'm sure. I mean, I'll definitely pick it up when it comes out. It would have been nice if it was co-op, like where you and I could play, you know, like you can mm -hmm. be a Spider-Man, I can be a Spider-Man and we can work together, but looks good. And I'm a huge fan of the symbiote costume that Peter wears, except this one is too organic. Like, I never saw it that way in the comics. Like it looked like a regular costume. It looked like it was the same material as his Spider-Man costume. This one is, you know, again, his shoulders have got like, what would you call it? Um, tendons and, you know, whatever, and muscles that are showing that looks more like it's part of his body. And uh, I'm not saying it's bad, but it's different. Um, I would have preferred it just to see a regular costume. And if Jack was here, I know he loves the black suit Spider-Man costume. Um, I would have liked to hear what he had to say about that. I think he said he texted us and he said he, he thought it was pretty cool, but he would go into depth. I'm sure, you know, with that. I'm looking forward to it. It's coming out this year sometime. So I'll be a happy camper. All right, so let's get into it. Let's get into our main topic. But before we get into this, I'm going to mention the movies that James Gunn picked as his five favorite top comic book movies. So number five was Deadpool. Now, did you see the first Deadpool movie? Yep. Um, what do you think? Did you like it? Yeah. It's, it's, it's vulgar, but yeah, great acting, great action. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, it was different. You know, again, it was very vulgar, like you said, uh, for a comic book movie. It was rated R. 
and there have been rated R comic book movies, but it, it's just, uh, it was interesting uh, that they, they kept the, the source material. They didn't water it down, which I'm sure oh, Disney yeah. is going to do. Um, but that looks, it, it was pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. Ryan Reynolds was, was born to play Deadpool. Hands so, down. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it would have been different with another actor like George Clooney. <laughs> you, know? you know, at some point someone's going to replace Deadpool. I hope not. Well, it's not going to be for a while, but yeah, I don't, sure. I don't want that to be replaced. That that guy's got it down to, to a T. Oh, speaking of Deadpool, I didn't mention this in the news. Rob Liefeld that uh, was co-creator of Deadpool, uh, let it be known that Deadpool three, it started filming and that it's mostly a Wolverine movie. Oh, so okay. Cool. Kind of interesting. I, I thought he was just going to be like a, like a guest star or something like that, or, you know, a team up movie, but that it might mostly... be. Yeah. But it might be a segue to the rumor of X-Men coming back. And that would be a nice way. To yeah. Usher we that we yeah I don't know because I I don't know if he's I think this is his one more time with Wolverine they're gonna have to recast a, a younger Wolverine unfortunately I think he could still play him but uh, if they're going to change all the X Men they're gonna have to change him too um, yeah but I saw an I saw an Instagram rumor post that Halle Berry Halle Berry was coming back as Storm. Mm, I don't know. I don't know if it was click. Yeah, I don't know if it was clickbait or not, but that's what I I saw. I find that hard to believe. Um, But yeah, I mean, it it could be just rumor because they already have a new Storm, and uh, she hasn't played Storm. Yeah, a long time. Yeah, ten years, I would say. Um, so his second movie was Old Boy. Have you ever heard of that? Yes, that's actually my bonus movie. I picked like no five. way. Yeah, I, 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 I put um, I've got like five of them. I didn't really put them in any order, but yeah, my bonus was Old Boy because man, that was an incredibly disturbing film, but it is beautifully done cinematically, gorgeous. Oh. Color me impressed, Fedra. I am very impressed that you've seen that movie. Well, in fact, you are aware that that's actually a trilogy. There's actually two other films that no kind of way. Yes, there's two other films that are are uh, linked in a way with certain characters that overlap in the films. Um, the other film, I forget the third one, but the second one is um, Mrs. Sympathy, and. That's a really cool one too. Same. I'll have to uh, look into that. Same director, but yes, it's three films that overlap. Well, thanks, Charlie. Char- Charlie was able to get that movie for me. I appreciate everything he does. But I had watched it the other day, and I agree, it is a disturbing as hell movie. And it's definitely uh, what is that movie? Requiem for a Dream. It's a oh movie yeah. You watch it once, and that's enough. One and done. <laughs> but everything. The actors are just so natural throughout the movie. 
Oh yes. The direction was was great. The story was great. And it, you know, and I watched that. It's like, why can't they do that now? Why can't American writers, directors, and actors act like these people? You know, it was it was such a good movie, but it's so disturbing. But it kept me on my seat. Yeah. Like, and it started to unravel slowly and slowly. Movie. I, I, you know, and it, and just from. Or part of it because it's uh, Korean, and um, I just not that I don't. I, you know, I watch movies with subtitles all the time, but I just kind of figured that I don't know if I want to watch this movie, you know, for two hours and it's in Korean and um, or do I want to get the dubbed one or whatever. And I just didn't, it didn't look like a comic book movie. Um, it kind of looked like a martial art artist, martial arts movie uh, when I had seen trailers previously. So I just wasn't really inter- interested in it, but it did shock me and it did i do agree that it is a fantastic movie it's like a clockwork orange too it's like mm-hmm. yeah that's got that vibe it's a disturbing movie but you cannot deny that it's an excellent movie you know? well you can't stop watching it because it, it's showing you such in a you know psychological way like you want to see how the hell is this character going to get out of this how is this character going to get redemption is this character going to suffer like is the gang going to like catch up with him like you want to know like why was he in this room for so long like what the Mm -hmm. heck like (laughs) it really like you you don't want to stop you you want to find out what happens to the very end yeah i'm afraid to talk about because it's so disturbing but. Yeah, I kind of don't. I like to, and, and maybe that's the sinister part of me. It's like you have to experience it for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no spoilers. Um, all right, so his next movie was History of Violence. Did you ever see that one? Uh, no, I, I haven't, but I've heard of it. Yes. I've, I've seen it. that. It's, it's another excellent movie. It's good. It's got Viggo Mortensen in it. And he plays a guy that was in the mafia. And then one day, like, I think he was in the mafia. Yeah. But I think he was in the Russian mafia. What do you think about that, Fedra? Well, you know, the Russians, you know, they party, they kill, they steal. You know, it's Russian. (laughs) It might have been Italian. I forget. It's been a while, but I'm pretty sure it was Russian. But anyway, so he's in the mafia. And he's killed a lot of people, you know, he's uh, specially trained, so to speak. And it opens up where he's basically, he has his own little luncheonette and he's behind the counter and, and he serves people and everybody like, he's in a small little town and everybody knows each everybody's name and everything. He's got a family, he has kids, he's happy. And then some murderers come in there and they decide to hold up this place. And they're going to kill some people in there. And he just goes to town on them. And everyone's kind of shocked that it's like, you know, this guy was so quiet. And like these guys were escaped killers from prison and he just destroyed them, you know, like very quickly. And, you know, they looked at him as a hero, but he's been in hiding. So this got out into the news. So the mafia found out that, all right, now we know where he is. So they sent their people to go get him. And, uh, 
you know, they wanted him to come back. Um, and again, I might, I have to watch it again. I, I think I might be confusing some of the story. Maybe it is that they, I'm pretty sure he was part of the family, but for some reason they wanted him back. Uh, and I think they might've wanted to kill him, but it, 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 it's a good movie. You know, it's Vigo Mortensen is really good in it too. He's, uh, he's a good actor. I mean, the first thing I ever saw him in was Lord of the Rings. But after that, I saw him in a lot of stuff like uh, Green Book. Do you ever see that one? No, I heard of it. Yeah, that was good. I think that one best picture a couple of years ago. Spike Lee was pissed off <laughs> because uh, he didn't like the movie. Spike Lee could be a jerk. He, uh, yes, he, he can. <laughs> yes, he, he can. He walked out of the Oscars. Did you know Spike Lee remade Old Boy? How dare he? How dare he even try? Yeah, it was a, uh, 2013. I, I know... Um, no, I mean, uh, it, Spike, Spike Lee, and he, he messed with me when he made Chirac. I was just like, uh-uh. You, you well, don't get a, you know. That was the movie that I think that was the movie that he made that was up against uh, Green Book and he lost and he got pissed. I'm, I'm glad he did because, uh uh, he didn't deserve to make a movie like that. Mm -mm. But, uh, man, I'm looking, I'm sorry. Um, what's his name? Josh Brolin was old boy in the movie. It had a really cool cast. Yeah, it was. Josh Brolin, Samuel Jackson, Elizabeth Olsen. Um, I'm guessing that Samuel Jackson is the bad guy in the movie. Uh, uh, I'm just looking through it, but no, those, those are the ones that I, a couple of guys from the Sopranos, the guy from John Wick four, you know, the concierge. Uh, oh yeah. That recently died. You know, he, he's in it. I mean, it, part of me is tempted to watch it because there's so many good actors in it, but I know it's going to happen. <laughs> no know? way. It's like, no, it, it's not the same. I will no. tell you. I guarantee it. Well, everybody says that. It's like, yeah, don't bother. You know, it's like you can't make, you can't remake a masterpiece, you know? Well, it's, it's, well, it's also that, yeah, it's from, well, not just a masterpiece, but it's, it's foreign. Like it came from that foreign perspective you know it's the same as a uh, girl with the dragon tattoo you know if you take the time and watch the three-part trilogy in dutch like in the actual language that it was made it's very psychological it's very slow it's very detailed it's very uh emotional and then when you go to the american side they cut it they flatten it out they make it very cold and, and they limit a lot of the things so it doesn't have the same amount of depth and and that's why I watch films. I like deep stuff. I want it to be interesting. I want it to be provocative. I want it to have good lighting. I want it, you know, like, <laughs> I, you know, you know, the snob in me, you know, that we can talk yeah. like this. So I get I get very upset when it's like it, it's just like a song, you know, like you can't remix the song and mess up the song. Like, I don't expect you to replicate the masterpiece, but you better get darn close. And if you're not darn close, then don't even try and make it, okay? Like, you're just mm. not going to hit it. I agree. I'm so curious. To, I never saw the girl with the, the dragon tattoo. It's also very disturbing. 
I, I always wanted to. Uh, I wanted to see the trilogy, but I just... I think it's right up there with uh, Monster. Uh, I never. I know what that's about. That's Oof. that Char- Charlize Theron. Yeah, I only saw that once. I will never see that that movie. Never that that movie messed me up. Another that, movie that uh, that movie really messed me up. <laughs> that movie with Jake Gyllenhaal with the rabbit. Donnie oh Dalko. yeah, yeah. That's another one I won't watch again. You know, I just. Some movies are just too depressing and dark, and it's like, yeah, it is. Uh, all right, so moving on, his second favorite movie, Superman the movie. Yeah, I can totally understand that, of course. And that gives me hope, since he's directing Superman Legacy. He understands Superman. He is a fan of Superman, so I think he's going to do him justice. I don't think that he's going to shortchange the character. I don't think he's going to radically change him. You know, he, he's been doing his homework. He's been studying the comic books. He, when he, he is ready, he is going to provide us with a good story and a good movie. And I think he's going to take his time casting people. Although I wouldn't be surprised if we find out who is in the cast within the next couple of months. Cause it does look like they're interviewing a lot of people. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. Superman the movie, I think, is my favorite Superman, a superhero movie or comic book movie. Um, yeah, it's practically perfect. I would say my only problems with that movie is Lex could have been more Lex Luthor and Otis was a buffoon. But Christopher Reeve was fantastic. Man, if they're going to clone anybody, they should clone him. Wow. No. Uh, so his favorite movie is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, the animated movie. Thoughts? Didn't, yeah, I didn't see that coming. Oh, yeah, I didn't see that coming either. I mean, it's good, but I would never put it as number one. I mean, it's flawed. For me, it's definitely flawed. The Spider-Ham, the girl that's the Japanese anime Spider-Man and you know, I mean I could see because it's very creative yeah like yeah. It's super creative and uh, animation is, is wonderful uh, I mean my list of non like non DC Marvel is very different and I made sure that you would not predict any of All right. well, the we'll films see that I that got <laughs> I got about 10 of them, but I'm, we're only going to mention all five. Right, all right. All right. All right. Yep. So let's see. All right. We, you go first. Uh, we're going to do like one, one I go and one you go, or, or yes. you want me to do all five? No, no. You, you do okay. one. I'll do one. So a lot of these films, just for the record, I grew up with. So I have a lot of nostalgia behind them. And most of these I have watched over and over and over again. So... Um, so I'll just start with the first one. Obviously, I didn't put it in any order, uh, but this first one is The Crow in uh, 1994 with Brandon Lee. Uh, I thought it was very underrated. Uh, you know, I was in a very goth punk phase when I was a kid. Oh, really? So, so uh, yeah, so this, uh, this film was great. I mean, there was a, a female skateboarder. There was romance, this love. 
you know, comes, you know, back from the dead with this magical crow to, you know, seek vengeance. And, and uh, I, I just really liked how it was uh, filmed. It was very dark. It was also very occult. You know, there was even the uh, the villain's, you know, girlfriend or wife, whatever you want to talk about. She was a witch herself and she was doing like all these weird stuff in it. Um, so, I mean, I love the film. It's, it's really got some great music from the time it has. Yeah. It, it's very like time based though. So I like that because if anybody watches it, it's very clear that it's in the nineties, it has that nineties feel. And that's what I mean. It's very nostalgic for me that it's like, I go back to that space. And that's what I like about films. It should take you on a journey. And if it can get you in a specific journey, then that's like that's the joy in it. Like I, I like when things are classic and timeless, but I also like when, you know, you watch a medieval film, there's certain expectations that you have for that medieval time. Or the same thing when you go into sci-fi. It's supposed to have this futuristic feel. So the crow was like I don't know, like a, a, a almost um just a very like underrated character of like supernatural it also has this like vibe of like animals you know with the crow and that symbolism of death and and also rebirth yeah so the crow isn't on my list i've seen the film and brandon lee did do a great job i mean he looked like him for sure and i have a i had a few crow comic books too um, I just never could get into the comic books and I couldn't get into the character. Um, I think part of the reason was that I was expecting the crow to be more of a superhero than he actually was. You know, maybe he's like an anti-hero. Um, I guess kind of like that in a way, like he's out for vengeance, but I don't know. I, I just never got into the movie. It, it was a one and done for me. Although, you know, I mean, Brandon Lee tragically died on the set of that movie. Yeah. Um, I was a huge Bruce Lee fan and was sad to hear that his son passed away because I really did think he was going to be the heir <laughs> to Bruce Lee because he had done a few movies and he was a decent actor. Bruce Lee had taught him a lot. You know, I would have loved to seen more martial arts movies with him in it. And it's just a sad tragedy that he died, not like his father, but that he died too young. You he know. did. I, yeah, agreed. So, um, I am going to, yeah, like mine are not in any particular order, too. But I am going to put Unbreakable. Yeah. Jamlon. And... Bruce Willis, Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, I really liked that movie. I love the music in that movie. The twist was really good. The acting mm -hmm. was very good. And again, it's, you know, it's a superhero movie, but it's also grounded in reality. And uh, I, I thoroughly enjoy that movie. I still get the chills, you know, whenever that music comes up and he starts to, he puts on the raincoat and he decides to start doing his superhero stuff. 
I, I just think it's an excellent movie. I think it's very underrated. It's my favorite M. Night Shyamalan movie. I know Charlie hates it for some reason. Hmm. Uh, and I keep telling him, just watch it again. I, I think it's just fascinating. It's just, again, it, this was also at the time when we weren't privy to spoilers or the internet, like spoiling everything from us. So going into a movie, not knowing what was going to happen. Um, although I knew it was going to happen in the, the sixth sense. <laughs> I knew that before uh, it came out, but this one I didn't know. And it was a nice surprise, a nice twist, multiple twists. And uh, it's, it's just such great acting. And then they ruined it, <laughs> you know, with the sequel. Um because Split was another M. Night Shyamalan, and they had David Dunn, Bruce Willis's character, show up at the end of it to show that the world's actually intertwined and that he was part of that world. And then they did Split, and that was awful. Uh, I was really annoyed with that one. Ugh. That, you know, but again, that's when you start, started to see there was a point when M. Night Shyamalan was unbeatable. Like he was like the new, uh, I wouldn't say Scorsese, maybe Hitchcock, you know, but he was good. Like a lot of his movies had these great twists and you were trying to guess the twist before they came. And then something happened to him and he just hasn't been the same since. Um, but I love Unbreakable. It's a great movie and uh, I never get tired of watching it. All right, next. I will say V for Vendetta. Yeah, I had a feeling you were going to pick that one. Um, okay. I mean, great writing again. I, I mean, I there's actually very few films from the Wachowskis that I dislike. So I am a little biased there. But, I mean, they do a great job. Uh, I think Hugo was and is like making that film. Uh, I, although I am also a big fan of Stefan Ray. He's been in many amazing films. I believe he's Irish and phenomenal actor just throughout the years. I mean, Natalie Portman's Natalie Portman, but uh, I want to, you know, go toward the underdogs. Writing is great. There's certain pieces of that film that I actually post every year because I believe there's just a, an alarming amount of uh, narratives in there that are actually happening right now in history. I'll just... Of the character itself, of his connection with Evie, I like their relationship. I like uh, his diligence in you know, pretty much ruining this system. Uh, so, uh, hands down, I think it's a great film. I'm not going to say I watch it often because it it is also dark. Uh, granted, it's not as dark as Old Boy, but you know, every now and then, I want to rewatch it. And every now and then, when I hear the wordplay of these monologues that V says, I mean, they're very captivating. You could be just cleaning the house and then all of a sudden you'll just start to hear him go and you just stop because you want to just turn and just listen to it. It's just very, very well done. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen that in a long time and I've forgotten a lot of it. 
Um, I think I would like to see it again just to see how it mirrors current times. But uh, I thought it was interesting when I did see it. I never read the comic book, so it was kind of hard to compare. But I think they said it was fairly faithful to the comic book at the time. It did have a nice look to it. Um, and again, comic book movies were rare at that point, so it was nice to see a comic book movie come out. Yes. But definitely not one of my favorites. But I know I understand you know why you would like it. It's just... I, I don't know too much about the character or the comic book, so that's par- that's part of the reason why it wasn't on my list. Uh, right, so mine, my next one is Kingsman: The Secret Service. Did you ever see that? Yeah, you you gave me that homework, and I I did watch all of them. I forget, Fedger. I forget what I had for breakfast, so you know, don't ever oh, take okay. me as an insult. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm just here to remind you. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Of course, I, I, Joe, you know, I, I go and do the homework of the wise man of cinema. <laughs> yeah. You tell me, go see that, go, you know, I, I'll make the time. And, you know, most of the time, you know, I like I like what you recommend. So, yeah, these I can totally see why you like them. They're great. They're very like James Bond ish. You know? Yeah, no, it's, I, I wasn't expecting much from it. I never read the comic book, but I w- was sucked into it right away. And it's it's just like the writing, the acting, and the directing were were very, very good. And uh, I forget who the character is that played Eggsy, but he w- he was good. And Galahad, everybody in it w- was just excellent. The story was <laughs> was good. Samuel Jackson, and then they had. To, they had a sequel and a prequel, and, and those kind of sucked, unfortunately. But I can always go back to watching The Kingsman or Kingsman The Secret Service and have a great time with that movie. It's just fantastic. The music is so good. It yes, just, agreed. It, it's very, very good. All right. N- another one. Give me another one. Well, this one I found out later in life. It was actually a... A comic. I just loved it because it just felt like again an underrated classic, which is the Rocketeer. Yeah, that was on my list. I I love the concept of it. I mean, it's you know, it's a good old you know guy, and you know, likes a girl, and you know, finds this machine thing to fly, and. You know, we have a great villain. We actually hate him throughout the movie. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, I love that actor too. He plays such a great villain. Timothy Dalton. Yes, thank you. So, you know, I was always rooting for it as a kid. I, I loved. I mean, I do love Jennifer Connelly. She looks amazing she in that film. Oh my god! Um, like that. There was actually a scene in there where um, there. They're at this restaurant scene and there's a band playing and this girl is in this like long gown and she has one of those old school, you know, microphones. And as a kid, you know, wanting to be a singer, that was like one of the scenes that I looked at that and I was like, I would want to sing like that. I would want to be in a gown like that, singing jazz or singing Mm -hmm. like a lounge. And so it's like those components there that really stood out. It, It made it very magical you know 
I mean, again, it's another film that doesn't get old. It's family friendly and it just gives you a good feeling at the end when he wins, you know, and he saves the day and he saves the girl. It's a Disney movie, too. It is. And, uh, you know, I loved it. I, I again, this was a time where we were comic book movie hungry or a superhero movie hungry. And it was nice, too, because it was very light. It was colorful, not super colorful, but it was it wasn't dark like the ones we mentioned before where, yeah. you know, we're used to that. Even Spider-Man, the, the Tobey Maguire one was dark and X-Men was dark. They all wore black leather. You know, of course, Batman's got to be dark. So it was kind of refreshing, you know, to see The Rocketeer. I forget when that was made, um, but I know I enjoyed it. I love the soundtrack for that, too. That's very good. I think good. it was 92, but I'm going to check. Um, 91. Ha-ha. That was close. Ha-ha. It's, uh, yeah, no, it's a good movie. And again, the special effects were really good for that time. He really did look like he was flying. Yes, he did. And I think I, I did read some of the comics because I know that that character that she played was based on Betty Page. Um, oh, and, okay. And she's on most of, well, a lot of the comic book covers. Uh, you know, the heroine looks like uh, Betty Page. And, and it's just, it is, it's a fun period to be around other than the war, <laughs> you know, but the right, music yeah. and, you know, the lifestyle and everything. But, uh, yeah, it was a great movie. I, that's a good pick, Pedro. All right, mine, this one, I, I've mentioned a few times. I love this movie, Megamind. Yeah, you you said it. Mm -hmm. I, I have I think seen it. Is, it's a fantastic damn movie. It needs a sequel. It needs a 4K version of this movie. I keep looking every week. When is the 4K version of Megamind? There's got to be someone other than me that loves Megamind. And <laughs> okay. it's just so well done. You know, Will Farrell is very good as Megamind. And uh, I love watching that movie. It's just it, not that it's a perfect movie, but it's perfect for me. You know, it, it, I really, really enjoy that movie. Um <laughs> it, and uh what's her name tina Fey plays uh the heroine uh, and she's very good in the movie too she's very cute <laughs> so you know i know it's funny to say that about animated characters but it's just i love that damn movie and you know it's a takeoff on superman um roles are reversed a little bit but uh it's just so great. I think I'm going to have to watch that uh, tonight. Uh, and who else was in it? The guy that was in Super Bad, uh, Jonah Hill, was the yeah the villain. <laughs> yeah, Ben Stiller was in it. Brad Pitt. Oh my god. Ben gosh. Stiller was Bradley. Uh, he was barely in it. David but yeah, Cross. Brad, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brad, Brad Pitt played the, the superhero. What was his superhero's name? I know you have it open. So uh, Metro Man. Metro Man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Metrocity. Ah, it's awesome movie. All right, Frederick, give me another one. Give me another one. Well, this one, I mean, we're going back to the dark stuff. Because uh, as I said, in my nostalgia, 
I watched a lot of, you know, dark things. Um, so this is, I'm not, I don't, I, hopefully you'll allow it because they did make movies of this, which were comics, but I'm talking more about the series, but I think it still counts. Uh, it is Tales from the Crypt. Okay. All right. And I watched all of those seasons and there's a lot of them. (laughs) And those were not short series either. And uh, I just loved the, the spooky side of it. I loved the mystery of trying to figure out who's the killer or, you know, who murdered who, or, you know, and it would, go in so many different topics, you know, we'd talk about voodoo and ghosts and spirits and all, all that spooky stuff. And, uh, I used to collect and I still have some of the original, I mean, they are beat up as hell, which sadly, um, and I, I actually, it's on my wish list to have all the reprints so that I can enjoy them again, but it's just, um, something I loved very much as a kid. And when HBO made the full series, I was just indulging in them. (laughs) So the films are so-so. I felt like some of them were really not made that well. I like the first film. That one had, uh, uh, what's his name? Sam from Cheers. Ted Danson uh, in it. And they they buried him and his girlfriend, uh, their heads were buried in the sand and only their heads and they were waiting for the tide to come in. They were going to yep. kill them that way. Mm-hmm. Stephen King was in it. Um, I, I liked the first one. I thought it was pretty good. All right. I'll say good pick Fedra. Oh, well, thanks. Thanks well. for counting it. <laughs> um, kick ass. Yeah. Kick ass is a great film. Yeah. I really like kick ass. Um, the second one sucked. I, I really wasn't a fan of it. Yeah, it wasn't good. No. And plus, uh, Jim Carrey was in it and he crapped all over it after, during the promotion tour saying that he should have never made it because it promotes violence and, uh, they should have sued his ass. I think they might've, but they didn't sue him enough. I, I would have broken the guy, you know, but, uh, I loved hit girl, especially, when she was first hit girl, because she was so young and she was such a great actress is Chloe Grace. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She was a great firecracker. (laughs) Yeah. She was just, Oh, such a great little superhero. And Nicholas cage had his little spinoff of Batman and, uh, and kick ass himself was good. I, I, it's just such a, a fun movie. And again, it shows that you don't have to be Marvel or DC in order to do a superhero movie and, and do it good. And the villain was good. The, the, the villain yeah. was that guy from super bad. Well, well, the son was, was the, the young kid from super bad. And then was the, uh, was the villain the, Oh, I can't think of his name, but I think he was in the Kingsman. Uh, I'm on it. And he was in Shazam. I think. Aaron Taylor John is kick ass. Yeah. Uh Evan Peters. Yeah. Mark, Mark Strong? Mark Strong, yeah. That's the guy. Yeah, he was in Kingsman. He was also in what was the other one I just 
<laughs> that he was in. Um, but he's uh, Shazam. He he was he's been in a few movies. He's a pretty pretty good actor, and he was good in that one. Oh yeah, Christopher Mintz, McLovin. McLovin. He was in there. Yeah. Yeah. I love McLovin. That's such a great character. Hilarious. All right, last one. Give me you give me one, and then I'll give you one. And that. Okay. Another nostalgia one. This is more in the eighties. Uh, did not read the comics. I was definitely not mature enough to uh, read them, but it's uh, heavy metal. I think heavy metal is okay. also very underrated. I think definitely people haven't seen the animated uh, film. The first one, though. Um, yeah. The modernized one was... But I, I love the... Um, I mean, first of all, I love the voluptuous women. They, It's not that they sexualize. I think they honor the curves of the goddess because she's a goddess for sure. And she's a warrior. Uh, I love the little minuets of all these different stories that are being told. I love... There is a lot of occult in it, too, as well as space and space travel. The music was great because it's all like yeah. rock and, and metal. Uh, so it's really underrated, I think. I, I think it's definitely like a cult classic where it's like you have to be recommended. Like somebody you know has to tell you about it because it's really just not out there. But it's provocative at some times because it has like some depth to it. Uh, with these stories and you know for you to figure out what does it mean what are they trying to say you know yeah it's interesting back in the day oh like also had- one one more thing just prep yourself if you're going to use any psychedelics or drugs while watching it because <laughs> then you might well, get I was a whole- actually going to mention because <laughs> you might get a whole other vibe there <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, back in the day, Rocky Horror was like the midnight showing that they would have. But every now and then, they would show heavy metal. Oh, no way. Really? Yeah, that was a a midnight showing, like where I lived in New York. And that was something that people would experiment with uh, psychedelics in the theater. Not me. I never did. You know, I'm not. No, not Joe. No, no. No, I'm serious. I never. And then that stuff. You know, it was another thing that they used to. Was another midnight showing was uh, the Little Rascals. Aw, um, yeah. But it was like, you know, the the ones they wouldn't show on TV, like uh, like the racy ones and like uh, the controversial ones. They'd have midnight showings of the Little Rascals. So those were big. It was Rocky Horror, Heavy Metal, and the Little Rascals. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. I, I like that movie. I don't like every story in it. And some of the animation is different. Yeah, um, definitely. The music is pretty cool in it. Um, John Candy's in it. He, he plays that guy. Does he play Dave? Was that his name? Um, yes, I think so. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a cool character. There's there's, there's some nudity in there, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it is a good move. <laughs> I watched that recently, and it's just. Not as good. I think the one, there might be one story in there that that's pretty cool, where it's got a female warrior in it uh, towards the end. Um, I forget, and I, I don't know if it's all interwoven, the sequel, but yeah, I prefer the the original. 
what to pick here? I got so many. Well, we'll mention our honorable mentions, you know. Um, all right, I'm going to have to pick this one. Uh, 300. Yeah. That's a, it's also like, I mean, it's not like a masterpiece in my opinion, but it's, it is still a great film. Yeah. It was, uh, Zack Snyder had done that one. And, you know, again, it was something special because it was kind of like, you know, it was uh, the Greeks, but it was combining almost like rock and roll in the Greeks in a way. And everybody had these six packs, eight pack abs. Uh, it was filmed mostly in front of a green screen. Gerard Butler was <laughs> incredible. Yes, he Leonidas. was. Uh, I, I I definitely love that game because uh, that not the game, the movie. It, it's just you know, and it was very graphic, but it was over the top graphic where it's like. You know, it's not like going to gross you out. It's just like, yeah, that wouldn't happen in real life. Like you wouldn't chop a guy's head off and he'd move a couple of feet, you know, uh, to still attack you or anything like that. But it's it's a good comic book. I, I think, yeah, I read the comic book and it's a great movie. It's a, it's a great adaption. Uh, I, I watched it so many times because and it also pumps you out. Like if you're into working out. You know, you just watch that movie and that inspires you to look like them. And then check out the 300 workout that's on YouTube to see what these guys went through in their training. And it's, Oh, I'm totally going to see that. Yeah. Oh, you never seen that? No. Yeah. It's the guys that, you know, the, the guy that trained Henry Cavill and that girl for Man of Steel. Oh, wow. Same guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think it's called Jim Jones is the, the name of the uh, personal trainer company. And uh, yeah, these guys were throwing up. I mean, you don't see it in the video, but you'll notice a lot of things, Fedra. I'll, I'll send it to you if you don't find it, where you'll do this in your own personal training. Like they use the, the big tires. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they tie like the, um, you know, the, the rope around you. What is that? What do we call that? The stretch band? Oh, elastic so bands. Like, yeah, yeah, elastic bands. So, you know, you'll run and then they'll place like a, a kettleball by it and then you'll touch it and then they'll push the kettleball a little further. The trainer will pull the kettleball a little further. So you have to go just a little bit further to grab that kettleball and you know? stretch. Oh boy. Yeah. It, it's such a great workout. Uh, I mean, I've done some of it, but I can't, I, no way. I mean, I would love to look with, like any of those guys, but it, it, getting back to the movie, it's a great movie. Yeah, I like that. I like the historic side of it. I like yeah. that it shows that rawness of it because, yeah, it, it's it was very unforgiving time, and I love how each of the characters are very strong because uh, that's how Spartans were. They were yeah. very strong people. You kind of wonder if that could be made today, you know. Well, I'm sure people mm. will complain, but I think it would yeah. save a lot of money. People will be like, "I don't care if you have a problem with it. I want to go see it. it. Looks pretty cool." The sequel sucked. I had seen the sequel. Uh, Ava Green was in it. She was pretty hot, though. I gotta say. Uh, I didn't know they made a sequel. Huh? 
Yeah, I forget what it was called. <laughs> Three, 302. I, I know there, there's a name for it. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> 302. <laughs> but all right. So, so what are your honorable mentions? Do you have some? Um, no, I, that's what I, that's okay. what I gathered. All right. So I have Scott Pilgrim versus universe. Yes. Pretty that good. A, I, I still, a, honestly, if anybody's going on a date, that's a great date movie. You know, if you're going to have a movie night at home, that's an awesome. Uh, it depends movie. on who you it's are cute. though. True. I think you have to be nerdy, you know, like, understand video games, uh, understand that period of time too. Like when I first saw it, I didn't like it, but I, it, it grew on me. Um, you know, and that was a manga. I, I believe I know I have the, the comics, uh, the mangas and, uh, it, it's a fun movie. I just like watching it over and over again. It's one of those movies you can just sit down and turn off your brain and have a good time. And Michael Sarah, who was also in super bad, Scott Pilgrim and Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who I know I have have a huge crush on her. She she's plays Ramona Flowers. Hmm. So many, so many people in that movie that a lot of stars. Chris Evans is in it. Uh, Brandon Roth is in it. Uh, Thomas Jane. So there's the Punisher, Superman and Captain America and the Human Torch, if you want to count him twice it's a great great movie uh the other one i had was dread yeah Does with, uh, carl urban no no i have not oh you gotta see that one okay i got three movies already i gotta see just from this episode <laughs> not the stallone one the one with carl urban is yeah, very see, I, very yeah i like the stallone one but okay we'll see you would this like one. it the girl in there is uh is this telekinetic you know she's able to read minds um, yes his, telepathic his par- yeah his partner um but he is such an awesome dread never takes off his helmet never you know what uh do you know what year that was made or should i look it up no i do not you know okay but, let uh, me look it up it was great in 3d it was one of the best looking 3d movies uh, looks like it was 2012. And the the villain in this movie. Oh yeah, Carl Urban. Yeah, that dude from. Uh, the boys. Yeah, the boys. Yeah. From Star Trek Bones. Um. The girl that was in 300, Leonidas's wife. Yeah, Lena Hedy Hedy. Hedley. Yeah, she Hedley. plays. She plays the villain. She's very good. Um. What else did I have? Oh, Woody Har- Wood Harris is in it. Okay. Don Dom Hall Gleason. Okay. I forget who you who they well I forget who they were in that. Oh no, I know oh, no, I know who he was. He was a computer hacker. Um okay. That's weird. Uh Flash Gordon. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, it's, got, I, it's got Queen's song. Yeah. Queen. Yeah, Queen does yeah. the soundtrack. And that's yeah. one of the movies that I chose for Rusted Junk that we're going to go over, but they had to pick it out of a hat first. We oh, fantastic. Yeah. 
there's just so much trivia in that one. I'm not going to go through it here, but uh, it, it's a great film. It's a fun film. You know, it's like, again, it was around that Star Wars period, Buck Rogers, you know. That cannot be made now. Not how it should be. Ugh, it would be such an uproar. Yeah, and I love the girl. Was it Melody Anderson? She was so hot. You know, there's a lot of hot girls in that movie. And uh, and uh, Ming the Merciless, who is it? He played Jesus uh, in The Greatest Story Ever Told. Max von Sydow, he plays Ming the Merciless. Such a great villain. It's, it's yes, cheesy. he was. It's cheesy, yeah, but I mean, it's a great film. Like it's fun, you know. Especially, I mean, you could. I would say you can have your kids watch it, and they would enjoy it. Like you can't have the kids watch Old Boy or Kick Ass or No, The yeah, Crow no. or Dread. You know, no. The Rocketeer. <laughs> yeah, you can have the kids watch The Rocketeer. Um, Flash Gordon, definitely. That's about it. Mega Mind. <laughs> Uh, so the last thing I had on there was Ghost World. I've never seen it. I've heard of it. You should watch it. It's it's very good. It's got uh, Scarlett Johansson when she's very young. And uh, the girl that was in American Beauty, the one that played his daughter. Um, I forget her name. But she she only acted in a few movies, and then her mother decided she didn't want her acting anymore, and she took her out. Um, but it, it's and uh, what's the guy? The guy that's in Reservoir Dogs. Steve Buscemi. Thank you. Yeah, he he's in it too. It's a good movie, and again, it's not like there's no superhero stuff going on. It, it's just from a comic book. It's you know about. You know, two girls that are trying to help this nerdy guy have a life because he's very sheltered and, you know, they, they just want to see him enjoy his life. Anyway, it, it's a good movie. I think you, 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 Fedra Ekris, would really like it. <laughs> I would say put that on your list. Ghost World. Okay. I'm writing it down. <laughs> All right. So let's wrap this one up. So, Fedra, can you tell everyone where they can find you? Yeah, I'm on Instagram. You could be my friend on Facebook. Uh, similar to to what Joe says, just let me know that you're from Nerd Alert uh, or that you found me there. Uh, or you can email me at fedra at wdwnt.com. And if you want, you can email me at joe at wdwnt.com or send me a friend request on Facebook. And like Fedra said, please mention Nerd Alert. And I'm also part of Team Rusted Junk, which is a podcast celebrating the movies of the 80s that I do with Charlie Hunter, who is sometimes on this show. And uh, yeah, it's fun. You know, the next movie we're doing is Risky Business. Did you see that one? I've heard of it. Haven't You've seen it. it. Haven't seen it. It's a classic. It's yeah, a, I think... Tom Cruise is really young. How old was he? Pretty young. Wasn't his first movie, but it was basically the movie that made him. That's the one where he's in his underwear and his shirt and mm -hmm. he slides across the living room floor to good time rock and roll. Um, it's a good movie. And I think, oh, what's the name of that group uh, that does the music? 
Tangerine Dream does the soundtrack to it. Really? That's what I was named after. I remember you saying that because we were talking about Legend. Yeah, their best-selling album was called Fedra. That's what I'm named after. Hmm, coincidental, I must say. I must uh, see this film now. Okay, risky business. So, also check out WDW News Today, Disneyland News Today, as well as Universal Parks News Today for all your Disney and Universal news. And finally, if you like our show and enjoy other WDWNT podcasts and like to become a Patreon supporter, please visit the WDWNT Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash WDWNT. So with that, this will be the end of WDWNT Nerd Alert Season 9, Episode 20. So until next time, see ya. Bye, everybody.